Welcome to First Importance, featuring the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist West Memphis. We're so happy you've chosen to listen, and we pray that you'll be blessed by this message. All right, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, we're going to look at what might well be the most controversial passage that a preacher could preach today, uh, especially uh, my opportunity to come back to you uh, after several weeks of uh, being quarantined. I want to come right out of the gate with something that is so uh, not palatable to the modern 21st century American ear. Uh, Today, I want us to look very quickly at the family the foundation that God has laid uh, for society is pivotal. And we're going to look at really the very uh, uh, centerpiece of, of the family and of society today by looking at marriage and what God's plan for marriage is. Since the 1970s, marriage rates in the United States have plummeted. Today, marriage uh, rates are at an all-time low in America, down 50% from the 1970s. It's very easy to look at today's society, and while there may be uh, different reasons or different uh, things that you could attribute that to, there's some very clear, there's some very uh, clear uh, Uh, reasons or very uh, clear indicators here as to why those things are down. Number one, commitment is down. Uh, Many people enter into uh, a relationship with one another, sexual relationships with one another, cohabitating with one another without being married. You'll see that that is far more commonplace now in today's world than it has ever been. Uh, you, you, it comes without the, the hassle of a divorce. It's a very quick, uh, easy way to, to uh, enjoy perhaps the fruits of marriage without the commitment and the uh, long, uh, hard work that is involved oftentimes in marriage. Marriage is down 50%, and a lot of that reason, of course, in America is because there is no emphasis on marriage. There's no respect for marriage. Today, uh, you also know that people have redefined marriage in our society. Just last year, over half a million couples in the United States registered as married or got married according to the state in a homosexual union, which we as God's people very lovingly would say is not God's design for marriage and is therefore not marriage. You look at today's family, you see poverty is at an all-time high. Single motherhood is at an all-time high. The breakdown of the family has been systematic over the years through revolution after revolution of breaking down the family unit. The enemy has finally, it seems, done his job in America so thoroughly that there is not even a clear definition in the world as to what defines and what makes up a man and what makes up a woman. And so the family, one of God's last 
common graces given to mankind to thwart evil in the world, to raise citizens in the world. One of the, one of the last things, one of the pivotal things that God has placed there has been broken down and decimated, and there is no respect for marriage in America. Divorce rates have plummeted. That, that's pretty easy to see when people, very few people are getting married And so we come to today's passage and we see after having experienced the goodness of the gospel in Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 and having turned the page and looking in chapters 4 and 5 and looking at how we ought to walk and how we ought to live our lives in light of the gospel, the gospel now makes its way to the family. How does the gospel affect the family? Here the scripture is clear crystal clear for those who would want to say that the Bible is ambiguous on the subject of marriage and on what constitutes uh, righteous living. They simply are not paying attention to what is very clear in the Scripture. What is God's method for marriage and what God defines as So let's begin in verse 21, and we will read how husbands and wives are to interact with with one another. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with a word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Listen to verse 32. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray once more, please. Father, preach the power of your word to this weak preacher tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our passage today comes with just one disclaimer. Uh, There are many of those in the church today who have lived long lives of being single. There are those who have remained single and after having been divorced, and there are those who are widows and widowers. And this is not a passage that is meant to demean or to hurt your lifestyle. I think sometimes in our very sensitive world, we will preach these passages and those 
that area of the church will often say that they're overlooked and that's the last thing that we want to do. Rather, this passage is describing God's plan for marriage. For those who have committed themselves in marriage, here's God's design for how that is to function. And we begin here in verse 21 by a mutual submission. It is the desire of God that within his church, within his body of believers, that we are to submit to one another. The word submit here may uh, elicit some response from people. Oftentimes you, you hear in the next verse when submit is mentioned again, it, it kind of comes with a, people think a negative connotation. But here Jesus is commanding his church, we are to submit to one another. I don't have to give you the Greek word for you to understand what that means. It's not, uh, it's not this grandiose word that has these profound meanings. It means that we are to submit ourselves to one another. And here the basis that Paul gives is out of reverence for Christ. Time and time again throughout Scripture, we are commanded to esteem other brothers and sisters as more important than ourselves. We are to outdo one another in showing honor. We are to love one another greater than we love ourselves. We are to forfeit our rights and our privileges for the betterment of our brothers and sisters. Jesus would say that there's no greater love that a man can have than he lay down his life for his friends. The basis of really, of, of marriages, of, of good marriages is being involved in church. And here the Bible is saying that we as a church should submit ourselves to one another. Aren't the feuds that occur in churches, the petty differences, the bitterness that arises in churches, the quarreling, don't most of the, I mean sometimes they arise over doctrine. But I think Far too often, quarreling happens in church. Bitterness arises in church over believers refusing to submit to one another. Being quick to judge and very slow to forgive. Being people who are, who are very generous to themselves, to ourselves, being people who demand our own ways. And yet here, the Scripture is saying, and all throughout Scripture, but specifically here, we are to submit to one another. I've spoken to several pastors over the last several weeks. The difficulties that we have faced in churches over the last year have been very different. There's not a seminary class that I took uh, at Mid-America to prepare me for uh, life during a pandemic and I joked around uh, with uh, uh, I joked around with one pastor friend I'm really looking forward to all of the books by men who've never been pastors in pandemics to teach us how we are to pastor during a pandemic but uh, you know there was not a, a, a class in, in school that pre prepared me for for this but there's one thing that's for sure God's people and people in general, we oftentimes, or not oftentimes, we as God's people, we have to fight the flesh. 
And oftentimes we have a very high view of ourselves and we demand our way. I was talking with those pastor friends this week and I said, you know how great it is to be in a church who through all of this, there has not seemed to be bitterness or, or infighting about masks or no masks or how we're doing church. What a gracious church this has been. We are, I believe, setting an example to those who are around us how to submit to one another in reverence for Christ. But it's on this building block and on the gospel that marriage is founded. You see, men and women who've committed themselves to one another in marriage for, for the longest of time who have not rooted their marriage and their relationship in the gospel aren't really experiencing marriage the way that God had intended for marriage to be experienced. Let's look at this together. The first thing he says in verse 22, ladies first, he says, wives, submit to your own husbands. How many times I have preached this in a wedding ceremony and I've heard at some point during that, that uh, passage, whether from the man or from the woman or from one side of the aisle to the other, I've heard the, <clears throat> Right? We kind of make light of that sometimes, or perhaps the eye roll, or the this, that, or the other. But this is actually a very serious, very serious thing. If, if the enemy has been so successful in tearing down the family, then God's people ought to be very concerned with what God's plan for the family is. And here it's very clear. People would like to take these words and to say, well, it doesn't actually mean this. Actually, it means this. Now, the scripture is very clear here. Wives... From the point of view of the scripture, from God's command, because of the goodness of the gospel, here the scripture commands, God says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Submit to his leadership. He says here, as to the Lord. I think this has been misinterpreted at times. Some would say that this specifically is saying, submit to them to the same degree that you do to the Lord. I don't believe that's what this is saying here. Uh, I believe that the word structure here is actually saying submit to them as an act of worship to the Lord. You see, if I'm submitting to someone or if I, if I have submitted myself to authority or to leadership, it matters what the incentive is. What is the reason that I have done that? And here, the reason that seems to be given and seems to be implied and spoken of clearly throughout Scripture is that everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. Everything. Everything that we do in our lives, we are to not do with grumbling or complaining, but we're to do it as unto the Lord. And here, the Scripture gives commands to the wives first. Submit to your husbands as an act of worship to the Lord. Because the gospel is so good, place yourself in submission to your husbands. Verse 23, you see why this is not palatable, palatable to today's society. It stings even our ears. He says the reason, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. The, the reasoning for this, he's going to begin to build this case, is that marriage is much greater than what it appears to be on the surface the, the uh, head, the authority that God has placed in the family unit is upon 
the man. Now you may say, well, the man is no good. He is uh, not good at that job, and while it is certain uh, that we men are fallen, and some of us feel to me to be more fallen than others, we don't get things right, and it's important that we submit to one another, and that we listen to one another, and that we love one another. However, the scripture here is making an emphatic statement. Wives, it's an emphatic command here. Wives, submit to the Lord, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. It's the way God created these things, just as, even as, Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Why? Why submit uh, to uh, that husband? Why? Because... He is head of the wife, that's the way God designed it, even as Christ is head of his church, his body, and is himself. He's now drawing us, beginning to unveil the, the greater view of marriage. Verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, we'd read this, and then there'll be some questions. Well, what happens in the case that the the husband is domineering, and there's no doubt, by the way, that abusive and uh, uh, warped men have used these passages over the years to subjugate women and to do things that are awful, to take advantage. That is not the intent of this passage. That is a warped view of this passage. Rather, this passage is saying the way that it should be. You're going to read all these commands of the to the man here in just a moment. The scripture here says, Wives, submit as unto the Lord. Just as the church submit to, submits to Christ, so wives should submit to everything to their husbands. And again, the questions be, well, what if, what if the husband commands or domineers something that is opposed to the gospel? Well, we've been very clear this year in saying that at any point in time, God is the ultimate authority. And we always yield. When we, we submit ourselves to the government joyfully as unto the Lord, as the scripture commands us in Romans chapter 13, we submit ourselves to them until they command something that goes beyond the pale and that commands something of us that causes us to violate our loyalty to the Lord. In that case, we yield to the greater authority. The same principle is at play here. Wives, submit first of all to Christ and then to their own husbands. But they should submit to themselves to their own husbands. Verse 25, the first few verses are committed to the ladies. But now this last half is much more intense. And while men may say, yeah, did you hear that? Submit, submit. You will find, you will find that the burden, I probably shouldn't use that word, that the real heavy obligation here is given to the man. Look in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now, I could, I could just uh, read those first a few words, that, that first phrase, husbands, love your wives, and you could say, well, listen, that's not really that big of a thing, especially today as we've redefined love to, to mean whatever every individual wants it to mean. Well, that doesn't seem like that's a very big task. That's not a tall order. As a matter of fact, your wife is lovely. You should love her. However, 
He doesn't say just love your wife. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Men, there is no greater love that has ever been displayed in all of mankind than Christ's love for his church. There is no greater template for love. There is no uh, boundaries on those love. That love is as infinite and is as powerful as our God is. And that same love is the, is the love that we are commanded to love our wives with. It's not this frilly, write notes to your Wives every day, by the way, men, you ought to love your wives. You ought to still romance her. You ought to still date her. You still ought to tell her how much you love her and how beautiful she is. But that's not what this is saying here. This love is beyond the frills. It's, it's loving her just the way that Christ loved his church. He loved us at a despicable moment when we were his enemies. When we were so far away, when our best that we could offer him was filthy rags, when our every intent was sin and evil, when the poison of snakes was on our lips, when our every avenue and our every thought was sin and death, Jesus loved his church. That same love Men, the Bible says, love your wives like that. Do you feel the heaviness now? Because men, there's yet to be a man here today who's loved his wife like that. You're still aiming at that. That's still the goal. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I mean, Jesus died for the church, his bride. Men, you ought to be able to give up your pride and we ought to be able to give up our own, uh, insisting on our own way so many times and love our wives, give up ourselves for her. He says in verse 26 that he might sanctify her. You see, God's love for his church, the love of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus for his church had an intent, had a purpose that he would sanctify her, not that we would stay the same way we come just as we are, but we leave differently. The purpose of Christ's sacrifice for the church was that he would create for himself a people that would be a temple for his spirit that would be daily sanctified, changed into the image of Jesus. And within the marriage, it's the same way. Men, we ought to be leading our wives, helping sanctify them building them up, drawing them closer to Jesus. Men, are you intentional? I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm far from perfect on this subject, and I'm preaching as much to myself as I am to any man who's listening online or in person today. But our, we, we ought to be intentional in our homes in discipling and being a part of the sanctification process with our wives. Verse 27, so that he might present to the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, verse 28, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. 
He who loves his wife loves himself. He's given us men two very practical things to look at. First of all, love them like I love them. And then, and if you can't fully grasp that, love them like you love your own body. You, you eat when you, when you get hungry, okay? You, you take care of the needs. If you need to go out for a walk, if you need to lay down and rest, you acknowledge those things. Here, men, it says love your wives like you love your own bodies. Cherish her as Christ does the church. Verse 30, because we are members of his body. Verse 31, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Here, once again, he's saying, I'm about to present something to you that's so grand. God has designed marriage that you too would become one. Verse 32, I love this. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. You see, the intent, the purpose of marriage is that wives, you would submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So much so that a lost and dying world would say, that makes no fleshly sense. That goes against the pattern of everything we know to be true. There's something radically different within a, 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 a couple that has married a man and a woman who has married, who loves the Lord, who's committed to the gospel. There's something radically different from them and everyone else. They understand that the world looks at this wife and says they're submitting in a way that is unworldlike and they're looking at the husband and they're saying this man loves his wife in a way that's not cliche and in a way that's not made for the movies but in a way that establishes a relationship through the thick and through the thin through the difficult times and they look the world looks to this marriage and they say ah Christ and his church. Jesus loved his church so much, his bride, that he gave himself up for us. He sanctifies, and he's going to present us to himself blameless and holy on that day. And that's what our marriages are to reflect to the church and to a lost and dying world. Now, if you're like me, you're not there yet. But what a goal to aim at. And if the enemy will go to every length to tear apart the family, shouldn't we, his people, go to every length to portray to the world our marriages as Christ and his church? what our marriages are to reflect and I hope that tonight as we've studied this passage that you've been convicted and you leave this place more determined to love your spouse and to resemble to this world Christ and his church let's pray thank you for joining us for this episode of first importance we invite you to check out our other sermons on this podcast 
and to join us in person on Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m., as well as streaming live on Facebook and YouTube on Sundays at 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon at First Baptist West Memphis, where we love God, care for one another, and share the gospel.